in the year 2010, I was not 100% sure if Jesus was calling me to be a priest. So anybody who's thinking of being a priest, the natural next step at that time was to go on dating websites. And no, I did not go on Tinder. It did not exist yet. I would never go on Tinder, even if I knew what it was. Um, but there was this dating app uh, and, and website called Catholic Match. And I knew I wanted to find a Catholic girl. If she might be out there, that would be great. And in the year 2010, I actually went to Marion University and went, and went to go and um, go on a date with a girl named Andrea. And at that time, she was kind of in the same boat. And since of a girl, she wanted to possibly be a religious sister. Uh, but we were both kind of this thing, like, oh, call the marriage and let's, let's pursue that. Um, I met her one time um, and just little by little uh, did not contact her because I was like, I just, I, I, my, my heart is tugged so hard by Jesus and the Eucharist and the idea of being a priest is consuming me. Um, but she did not have a very high opinion of me after our first meeting. She thought I was uh, an a-hole, was her uh, verbiage, I found out later. And she thought I was arrogant and full of myself, which I probably was. Um, but nonetheless, she later would go on to the convent and actually joined a religious order where they prayed in reparation for priestly abuse scandal, right? Priestly abuse that was, has been done. Uh, but she did not feel called to, to pursue that all the way through. So she left the convent and met a gentleman and was married about two years ago in our, dioce in our diocese for the Diocese of Green Bay and a very holy woman. And she was married to a very holy man. Um, but in the past couple of years, she was diagnosed with cancer. And um, on her journey, as she was working with somebody at the curia of our diocese, which means the heart of our diocese, uh, my name would come up and she would kind of grimace, right? And she would kind of be like, eh, kind of an a-hole, don't really like him. Um, he's full of himself, what have you. Uh, but the person who she was talking to knew me, right? And she knew that uh, I deeply desired to, you know, under this, this shell, right, there is goodness there, and I hope that is true. Um, but as she came to be diagnosed with cancer, uh, she actually came to apologize to me for misjudging me. And this past Friday, she passed away. But the one thing that she was able to do is, actually a few things she was able to do. Well, firstly, well, she was able to take correction. And I'm not talking about me because I probably am an a-hole sometimes, right? Um, but what she was able to do was to be more merciful, right? For her misjudgments, right? And that's where, we, where our gospel comes in. It, the Lord talks about, you know, anyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them is someone who builds their house on a rock like a wise man, Right? Um, the flood, the rain came, the floods came, the winds blew and buffeted the house, but it did not collapse. It could withstand the different trials and tribulations of this world, right? Uh, but those who only listen to the word, but do not act on them, and a part of acting on the word is, is, is growing in humility, right? Is growing in, in taking fault. And then also acting on the word would actually mean like when Jesus says, you must forgive one another, that means actually doing it. And the last time I was uh, with Andrea, uh, she first said, I need to stop you before you do what you want to do because I know the Lord's calling you to pray with me, but I need to apologize because I've misjudged you for the past 10 years, right? And I, here I am, I have no clue that for 10 years she was, had a really hard time with me and thought I was uh, an arrogant priest or what have you. But she wanted to take 
the correction that she's given to from somebody who worked at the Kyria and say, you're misjudging him. I know him, right? And she was able to take that teaching of the church of mercy, 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 and be humble enough to repent and be humble enough to reconcile. And in that process, the second thing is she offered up her soul as a victim soul, which means she was willing to suffer for those who have caused scandal in our church, right? And I believe she is going to be a great intercessor for us as we move forward, but knowing that priests have caused so much damage in the church, that means we need reparation. We need things to be repaired. And it is the teaching of Holy Mother Church that reminds us of humility and reminds us of mercy so that we can't just listen to the word of God and call ourselves holy. We also have to act on it. It's got to come out of our mouths. It's got to come out of our hands and our feet um, so we can be set on solid rock who is Jesus. And the house is the church. But there are those temptations to listen to the evil one and to listen to some of the words but not act on them. And then it's like building your house, a church, or a kingdom on sand. And it always falls down, and usually you're on the receiving end of the weight of that, right? But sometimes the Lord has special souls who are willing to offer up anything so people don't get trapped in the sand, so they don't get trapped in what is unholy, right? To be willing to do that once you say, Lord, I accept your will if you're called to be a victim soul, there is no more healing for you. There is no turning back. And that's what our bishop said. If she's chosen to do that, there's no turning back. But that means she's like a lot like Therese, who said she wanted to go to heaven and do good on this earth. So what about you? Are you humble enough to admit, are you receiving the word of God, but are, are you also acting on it? Have you misjudged anybody the first time you met them? Are you still living in that place? Or a long time and the healing of time and prayer, authentic love to move you from sand to rock, right? I don't like receiving feedback when I'm doing something wrong. I need appraisal. That's out of my brokenness, out of my weakness, but that's just the way the Lord has made me. But to see the humility of others inspires me to do the same, right? A lot of people are not going to hear the word of God and listen to the word of God unless we go act on it first. That's what converts hearts. That's what makes people think I can actually live differently when we actually live the word of God. It comes out of our hands and feet. And humility and mercy are so, so important in that walk. Because there are people who say, well, that's not very Christian of you. Maybe you've heard somebody say that before. And sometimes they're very right. But we belong to a church that has been built on the rock of Christ. And there are many rains that fall upon the church. There are many floods that come. But scripture says that the church will withstand everything until the end of time. And that means that you and I have to be humble representatives of that. And the first step is also praying for our mishaps, making reparation for things that are broken it also means repenting for the wrongs that you and I have done personally as well as communally. So we take a moment of silence and we may look at our own lives, take a time to say, am I listening to the word of God and am I acting on them? And are there any scripture verses that are coming to mind right now 
that you listen to, but you're not acting on. And the Lord is just prompting you to say, hey, don't forget about that. Because the floods are going to come. The storms are going to come. But if you have set yourself solidly on rock, you will not collapse. You will be able to endure. And it's much easier to do when you have people to hold you accountable to live out our faith, which we call community. Amen.